0: The Pro Wrestling Vault.
1: 35 short stories including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Tim Storm. Storm. Along with 300 photos from the the independent scene. scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana,
0: Mississippi, and Alabama. Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or landsbychance.com. WrestleVille. It's where wrestling lives. Just... Cause I love my podcast. Working fans. I shed blood for my podcast. Let a podcast holler where my podcast. All I want to hear is right here, my podcast. Somebody say something about a podcast. You won't take this from me, baby. You will not take this from me, baby.
2: Fans, welcome to the Working Fans Podcast Presents, aka Slippery Joe's Fun House, where we bring you a bonus podcast each week presenting your favorite podcasts, favorite stuff. Now, we have some Tape Trader's Guide to the 90s coming up, we have some Cult in Connecticut. We'll be bringing you some Peter X. Miroski and a variety of other things through year two. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F O U R, the number's 82 Designs. 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F O U R 82 Designs at F O U R 82 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, go to four82 designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs.
1: First off, if the light years look better than our first one. Also, we divide the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality.
2: Nice, and those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2-designs. Fans, welcome back for Working Fans Music Cast, Episode 2. Today, we have a very special guest, but before we get to him, as always, we are brought to you by the Pro Wrestling Vault, Volume 1, written by Vinnie Barry, 35 short stories across the wrestling landscape, each book comes autographed by one of eleven wrestlers featured in the book. It was also written by Vinny Berry, who also wrote Lance by Chance, Wrestling is a Von Eric, available at LanceBychance.com, where the other book is available. Our first guest, AO Money Meach, the album Graham. We were brought to you by that album. And today, we are brought to you by the fog by camouflage. Cam, how you doing today?
1: I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm really good.
2: I ask this with all musicians and really anybody. When did you first get into music? What hooked you and who were your early favorites?
1: Oh, that's that's a heavy question. Okay, so I'll start with the first half. I can't really say when I first fell in love with music. However, my mother and my uncles on her side were really big into music when i was young I, I i could probably trace it back to being like maybe five or six and i was always a really dancy baby according to my mom she'll tell you i always used to listen to music and try to turn the speakers up on her old jukeboxes and whatnot
2: wow so you've been and, trying to uh, feel the music for years oh yeah i really first
1: I think when I knew that I wanted to make music or at least, I guess, maybe rap was in high school, maybe earlier, be like first freshman year of high school. I had this notepad that I would write poetry and I really started off writing poetry and playing with keyboards and stuff like that. And that poetry book eventually became a rhyme book. And the piano was the first instrument that I really was able to get my hands on as far as playing it a lot. The first instrument I actually ever played, this is a true story, not many people know this, but the first instrument I actually ever played was the violin. And how the violin came about was when I was in probably first grade to like fifth grade, you go through this time period, I grew up in East Hartford, and we went through this time period where they were giving kids school instruments. A lot of this stuff doesn't really happen anymore because of, you know, things change. They were giving kids school instruments that you could practice at school. But if you were able to sign up and your parents had the money to rent these instruments out, you got first dibs on these instruments. Well, my mom didn't have the money to give me the first dibs on, you know, the first wave of instruments. So the choices that I had were like a clarinet or violin. And I got the violin. My dad, I don't know if he really liked that I played the violin. He wanted me to play the saxophone. And my mom was like, well, if you want him to play the saxophone, why don't you chip in and, you know, make it happen? Because I grew up in a really, you know, separated home. So I went from the violin to the saxophone, maybe the following year. And both of those instruments eventually got repossessed. So I wasn't able to actually master, like fully master either of those instruments. And from there, I um, started tinkering with pianos that I would find here and there around our house. My grandmother had this cool little keyboard. And from there, I just fell in love with that instrument, writing poetry, and turning my poetry into rapping. And the rest, I guess, is history. As far as my favorite artist growing up, I would have to say that's that's really tough because I grew up in a really diverse time period of music. And being from East Hartford and moving to Colchester, which is a predominantly white town, really young, I had this really big…
2: Kind of culture clash?
1: Yeah, it was a culture clash. Perfect. I was looking for the words and you gave it right to me i grew up in the hood and then when i moved to colchester i was still in the hood but it was like a white town and i was in the hood of that white town so i had all of the hip-hop i had all of the you know hood type ish and then when i moved to colchester i had skate i i loved skateboarding even when i was in east Hartford. so i grew up with lincoln park i grew up with Nas. I grew up with Tribe Call Quest, Jurassic Five, POD. All I had rock bands, Christian rock bands, even, which is wild, metal, straight up gangster rap, like you know, the Tupac's and the Biggie eras were that was my shit. So it was really tough to really say who were my favorites because I would have to give you a top five in every genre. So people didn't know where to put me when I was younger, and I didn't know where I really fit in. When I was younger, I had so many different influences and different types of music, from EDM to rock to hip hop to pop that my mother would spend her entire, you know, she would be in the kitchen playing island music from Barbados, where our family's from. And she would play island music nonstop. My dad would take me on long drive to New Jersey where his family is from, and he would play nothing but smooth jazz. And I would go to school listening to Lincoln Park, you know, the lincoln park first album on blast on my osiris g-bag which i still have to this day
0: Wow! so it was
1: every everywhere that you can see my life being in like a different time period it was you would never i could i couldn't tell you what my favorite genre of music is i know what music i make yeah but I, again the i would have to give you a top to five a in every show. genre
2: maybe we'll end the show on that because like yeah I have friends that'll laugh at my playlist because I'm an eclectic like, listener, man. Yeah, yeah, I like death metal, the heavy metal, doom metal, but I'll listen to like a rap song right after it and love right. it.
1: Right, right. That um, yo, the aux cord in my car is tough. Mm-hmm. It's tough to get to because a lot of times I will have, I will, my my. I don't know what Spotify thinks of me because I go from playing. Like you said, like I'll go from metal to rap to EDM for like a whole 10 minutes, and then I'll go back to rap. I'll go to a smooth jazz. I don't know if people want to fall asleep or headbang in my car on the way home. Isn't it
2: funny, though, how that'll fuck up the new music radar on your thing where it's like... Oh, yeah,
1: they don't know what to suggest,
2: bro. Yeah, they don't like, know you what even to suggest. Everything, and then you get mad. You're like, I never listen to this. And they're like, yeah. well, it's kind of like these Well, other you kind of do. Like, <laughs> they're just like, yeah, we thought you would. And I mean, you're talking about you evolved from poetry into rap. Yeah. And I would almost argue that's kind of like where rap came from. If you look at oh, yeah, Absolutely. like what Gil Scott Heron was doing in the seventies and how that kind of m- morphed a little bit and changed and what rap is really kind of just poetry over. Oh, of beats.
1: course, of course, of course, of course.
2: I mean, that maybe is, some of it. the newer artists, it's hard to defend a little bit. Like when I first heard WAP, I was just like, First off, I heard it on a podcast. I was doing a rap one and the host is like, have you ever heard it? And I go, no. And she goes, let me play it for you. She played so, it and I just started laughing. I'm so, like,
1: what <laughs> is this? Like, Think about this for a sec. If you take the lyrics of WAP and you take away the beat and you let a really strong voiced poet, I guess, read those words just yeah. on paper give them a piece of paper with the lyrics to WAP have a bunch of you know steady listeners in the crowd just ready to to snap fingers and have her read WAP she could make that into a poem because technically it is a poem it just wouldn't be your traditional format of what we call poetry which really is formatless but yeah, if you were to give like... someone, if you were to give a nice old white lady who's got plenty of awards in poetry or give it to, uh, you know, Maya Angelou and have her read WAP, she could probably make it sound like the most epic poem about wet ass pussy you've ever heard. You know, it's really all in the eyes of the beholder or the ears of the listener.
2: Yeah, I feel um, like poetry is almost like in the eyes of the author, like the whoever's yeah, writing poetry. it. Exactly. When and how did you go from just being a fan of music? I mean, you kind of described it earlier to actually trying to get in the music business and making music.
1: Okay. So in high school, I'd want to say like in freshman year, I, again, I grew up in East Hartford all the way up until sixth grade, fifth or sixth grade. And I was one of only a handful of black kids in my entire town. And I say this with honesty. This isn't like fabricated or exaggerated. I was one of I could count on one hand how many Afro American or even Spanish kids were in our town in my age bracket in who I grew up with in, as friends. And one of the one of my first friends in country place where I grew up, his name was Damar, and he goes by Young D. He's my business partner. He's the CEO of Connecticut People Records now. But we grew up really close because he too skateboarded. He too liked a lot of the same music as I did. And it was probably because of how we grew up. We just ended up liking the same things because that's what we were exposed to. And we were really open-minded, but we grew up together all through high school. And I think about maybe freshman year, and he was, he's a year younger than me. So freshman year, he was in eighth grade. We started to make these little mixtapes. This is back when Everyone had the CD players with the disc, the discman with the skip protection, and CDs were really expensive then, and they were hard to to make because you had to have a computer that could write them. But we would make these mixtapes and sell them around school. And at the time, we were called the Country Place Gang, and we were again, we were eighth grade, freshman level. You know, we were high school kids selling these mixtapes, and. It just became this pretty much conglomerate and that team, I should say that camaraderie between me and young D carried through high school to the point where we ended up going to school, to to college for these things. I went to school for graphic design throughout the whole time. I really only wanted to do music. And I think that's why my grain, my grades at the time were really messed up. And he went to Full Sail, for music engineering and when we came back from those experiences even through it all we were still making music together we still had connecticut people records brand it went from being the cpg to like the country place gang to connecticut people records which cpr and that was like our professional llc name when he when got back from college and when i was done with college we were just like yo let's make this like real you know we let's go from making albums you know with nothing behind us and no Connecticut artists to support or, you know, not that there's not, but we didn't grow up with the support system and the outlets that a lot of other states or countries even had and were giving to kids that wanted to do hip hop and make music. So we kind of professionalized that in college. I want to say in 2007, 2008 was when the professional juices started to flow, but the Attitude has always been there since the very beginning. I think the the mindset was always there. It was just the know-how and the build-up was post high school, 2007, 2008 ish, and it became really official during that time.
2: Isn't it crazy that when you like you see albums out there and you see people doing it, and it it feels like it's so hard to get there, but in reality, through kind of what you describe with music and through podcasting you just start doing it. And then as you go, you get better at your craft, Mm -hmm. you learn better ways to do it, and then you can start building on it. But it just starts from starting.
1: Yeah, it starts from, yeah. Passion breeds the energy to actually get something going, as you could probably relate. I don't know where your dream started with podcasting or where that idea kind of birthed in your mind, but at the end of the day, it comes down to a couple key factors. It's who you're around yeah. is a huge factor. A lot of people end up having these dreams and these like inner passions and motivations, and they're around the wrong people that don't nurture those things, or they're brought up in an environment where they're not able to get out of it and to find the right crowd of people. It comes with you know self drive obviously is one of those things and an outlet. You know, it's, uh, there's a lot of key factors that go in with starting it. And I can say with full honesty, I did have a, a mom that really cared about my life. I did have, even though my parents were separated for a long time, I did have both of my parents present in some way. It took me really admitting to myself outside of high school when I graduated that I wanted to form a better relationship with my dad because I didn't feel as if I could be a man if I didn't confront that demon, I I should say I, I don't want to call it that, but that thing and that really brought out of me this idea that yo, if I can confront this, I can confront pretty much anything that I want to do in in any respect. Because that was some that was a big hurdle for me. And I think that was one of the hurdles that was stopping me from even thinking about dreams in a way or about pursuing passions because I was I was being held down by things. So another one of those key factors is, I guess, resolving issues that you have in your life that may be anchors for you and find a way to get, you know, cut those anchors off and go to the surface so that you can breathe fresh air. And I don't think a lot of people really end up doing that until it's too late or until they let somebody else dictate the way their life is or tell them how they think they should be living. For me personally, a lot of those factors came with time it came with experience it came with admitting my faults getting rid of like self doubt just yep. getting around the right people and learning from them like Demar and the Camacho's and the Meaches these are people that I learn from even when they're not around me I I take energy from them and I give it back I get knowledge from them I give it back and if that cipher works you have no option but to succeed but if you're around parasitic people or if you are in parasitic situations that you won't find your way out of or if you're around bad environments the product of those is only going to be something that eventually is disarray so
2: yeah like i actually started this podcast because i had two friends that wanted to mm, and i had a job i absolutely hated right realize how much i hated it at the moment but when I got this creative outlet, I'm like, I like doing that. This, right, right. And then when I went to work, I would just think about that. It was a weird of- existential angst. I'm like, what am I doing here? Yep. Somebody would tell me to do something. And I'd be like, get fucked. Yeah. <laughs> the grocery store sales floor telling the place to suck my dick. And I'm like, wait a minute. That's not regular people stuff. So I got, I got written up one day and I just looked at the manager. I was so mad. And we had a union there. So she goes, if, if this keeps up, I'm going to have to suspend you. And I look at the guy I was standing with. I'm like, or I told her, I'm like, suspend me part time. I don't give a fuck. And the guy was like, you want to get suspended? I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. Basically, when I was talking to the manager, I think she said to me at one point, she goes, well, if you don't want to be doing this, you probably shouldn't work here. And I was like, yeah, that's a good point. I probably shouldn't. So I'm like, put me down to part-time. I'll figure it out. And then when I went to part-time, it fucked up my money. So I'm like, can I get an overnight shift? Because you pay more on overnights. So I did that to make up the money I lost. Another guy put me to another job. When I got that other job, I love it so much more. I'm so much happier. And the podcast has only improved then. I've done more to go out to get guests. I've done more to try and market better. Isn't it weird how that if you're living in a way that's not doesn't match up with your ideals, spiritually yeah. it feels like it's killing you. Trust
1: me man, I I don't think that's actually weird at all. It's just in it's eye-opening and it's it's typical. It's actually very typical, but a lot of people don't know when to identify it and don't believe that they have the power to change it or just do something about it. I, I, just like a lot of people, have worked in retail. I was st- I was stuck as a desk jockey for two, three years out of my life working for a company where I was just a number. And that's for people. There's some, some people that that's, that's for them. That's their thing. I don't want to ever downplay or make somebody feel bad about the job that they have. If they like their job and they believe that they're making a difference in their life or the world, good for you all power to you. But that's not for everybody. And some people just aren't meant for that. And in my heart, I really do believe and I will never stop believing that I'm not meant to be behind a desk. Uh, My attitude and my charisma is not meant to be wasted away selling somebody products that The company that I'm working for doesn't even want to give me for free. It's not meant to be behind a desk getting berated by people that don't care about my well-being or my mental health. What I have to offer the world, I think, would be wasted if I were in those positions. And that's something that I think a lot of people either realize too late, never realize or realize, and they don't think they have the strength to change it because of either financial responsibility, their girlfriend, their boyfriend, whatever the situation is. And I just, I could give a fuck about any of those things. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry I got passionate about that, but the reality is, you literally live one time, the speck of time that that is in the grand spectrum of the universe is so minuscule that if you're spending your time giving your energy and your lifeblood to something that's not giving any back, it just, and you're not putting anything else out into the universe except for just like yourself and your slaveness to it, that ain't a good look for me. So in my experience, and I'm sure this is the same for you, I really just want to put something out into the universe, whether it's once a year, twice a year, every couple months. I just want to put something out that makes me feel good or speaks to other people in a way. I want my voice to be heard, even if it's by one person, two people, 200 people is cool. But I really want to give something to the universe that's just not me working for something like a paycheck. I don't just want to live paycheck to paycheck, obviously, but... I don't also just want to live year by year and be on a grind that doesn't give me any, any mental stimulation.
2: Satisfaction. Like when I had the creative outlet, I'm like, that's what I'm looking for in life. That's I'm awesome. Like, man. I don't know how to get more of that, but like, let's right. do it. And then that's the awesome more dude. we got to talk to some, like not even famous wrestlers, we've talked to famous ones but we I like building it up from the bottom up. I listened to I was, some
1: of your wrestling podcasts. I I swear to god, I I didn't even know that you did the rest I first of all I didn't even know you. This is the first time I'm ever seeing your face. This is the I met you less than a week ago and my roommate Ryan, he's upstairs right now. He I put him onto your podcast like this is last week, the, the day nice. the day that I introduced you to Meach and that's all he talks about now. It's all he talks about is is wrestling. He's always been a wrestling god tier fanatic. But yeah, he's one of those people that never found an again until you he watches YouTube he he watches all these things, but I think when someone like you is talking about it as a personal, not no disrespect, but as a as a regular guy, as a working guy, yeah, who is like a a not only a fan but someone who's like passionate about it, he doesn't have a lot of people he follows that are like you. So
2: that's why we a, started the podcast. that's well, why we're, we're all doing, wrestling man. fans, but it's that's so why you like do it. yeah, and it's so underground that it's like to find somebody else that matches your passion. With a lot of people, we get, yeah, I used to watch wrestling, but and then mm-hmm. it's like you gotta go through the fake stuff, and it's like, yeah, but it's the storylines, it's yeah, he's he said- but like when I'm watching AEW. And this guy, Hook, comes out to Action Bronson's The Chairman's Intent. And I'm sitting there. He's coming out. And I'm like, holy shit, I know this song. What is it? And then I hear it. And I'm like, oh, shit. (laughs) That's the kind of thing that gets me. You're definitely an artist. What inspires you the most to create? What inspires me the most to create things? So with comedians, it's just life, living a life, flipping that into it.
1: I, I want to say that. I want to say life is what inspires us to create things, but that's a really big cliche. So what inspires me to create things is actually other people. I want to say other people's lives intertwined with mine, the negative experiences, the good, the bad, and I, I draw a lot of inspiration from other people's inspirations, which sounds crazy. I, it's I like getting up,
2: to your music library. You talk to somebody, you hear something they say, like a way they think. And yeah, you're like, absolutely. That's interesting. Like you kind of add it to your repertoire, and then you have this whole, like when you think a way that you never thought before, something opens your mind. Absolutely, that absolutely. could be an inspiration there and lead to something.
1: I I will say this. I think struggles the depths of other people's love for things and my, my love for certain things, relationships, video games, politics, things that are going on in the world. I always pull, I will always pull from those things because those are constants. You know, you don't constantly have to be in a relationship, but relationships, social media, politics, those are going to be ever evolving. Those are going to be there. whether you like it or not, whether you're in a good, Political space, relationship space, or not, it, it's always going to be there. So I pull from all of those things, even when I'm not thinking about them actively. Before I actually got on this podcast with you, I was playing a game called Dying Light 2, which is really popular right now.
2: Yeah, I've um, heard a lot about it. We were talking about it the yeah. other night after work. I'm told and I got to check it out.
1: I, the reason why I actually didn't join as soon as you put that, hey, uh, you know,
2: yeah, join the, the, the
1: cast. I was like writing something. It just randomly popped in my head, and I was like, I got to get this off before it's in the ethos, you know? So you can draw inspiration from anything. You just have to really open your mind up to it and be open. You just have to be open to creativeness, you know? Not everybody has that. I would be a liar if I said everyone is a natural creative person, but everyone has the potential to sit down and let themselves create something. It may not be the best by other people's standards, and it may not win you a, an award or a Grammy or a BET award or whatever the hell you, you think, which is you know special, but everyone has the potential to be creative if they let themselves be.
2: 100 percent the way you were talking about growing up it made me think of an old lupe fiasco line and i wanted yes because i got not from the way you rap but just your story it had me thinking about lupe because you were talking about skating and all that and it had me think of that line where he talks about bumping everything from misfits to outcast
1: yeah kick push was the soundtrack of our lives man and big shouts to Lupe. I don't know if he'll ever see this, but if he does, I love you as a lyricist, as an activist, as a as a as a homie. Kick push was the song that all of us wrote. And when I say all of us wrote it, like every skater who was a black kid growing up, even if you're a white kid, a Spanish kid, whatever your ethnicity, if you didn't have that song to to bump, there was no skater song that explained our like what we were going through. And it yeah. felt like the song I had written a million times but never recorded. And when I heard Kick Push, which was the first Lupe song that really blew up, yeah, I was like, yo, I wrote this song. Mm. Like, this is, this is my shit, you know? And, and everybody felt that way. That it was a song that spoke to them. And that, and again, that was around the time when I really was starting to take my lyricism serious. So um, that's Can funny I- you said that. To compare me to Lupe is absolutely wild. That's an honor to me. Because he's, again, he's one of my top five. Man, he's one of my top five.
2: And another rapper that y- you gave me vibes of is Childish Gambino. Just <laughs> how real. Like, you're talking about real life. <laughs> wow. in these cars. Like, I think at one part you talk about being in Black Panther pajamas.
1: Yep, I got him. And it's like,
2: that almost has me thinking about that song where he's talking about sleeping in the bed between his mom and aunt with the land before time toy he got from pizza hut one of those little Bars. details that you're like Bars. it's a rap but that's real life i could picture a kid sitting and that's why the album connects with me and tell I us about got, the fog i want I to get it
1: got my game Fogs. boy what that I I still got my game boy color i'm still rocking black panther jammies yeah that was, <laughs> yeah that's was all
3: like true. i
2: was looking at these lyrics because like First tell us about The Fog and then let me fan out over these songs you picked. Like how did you come about writing it? It's your latest album. Tell us about the path from developing it to getting it out.
1: The Fog. Okay. So this is a complicated story to tell, not really actually. So The Fog has been in development for about 2 years of, you know, my life, 2 2 plus years I would say. The first song that started the, I guess you could say the development of the fog was actually called Voices, which is on the album. I was on the tail end of a band album called Trifecta, which I also have with me here. Shouts out to Joanna Perricone and Al Delgado. I had put out the Trifecta EP, which was all three of us, and that took about a year to put out. This is what, circa 2019 now? And we put out that project. It was amazing. And then Joanna no longer wanted to do music anymore. So the band kind of, the band that we took all these years and all this time to kind of, you know, glue together, I produced the entire album. And that was kind of like, oh, well, damn, what are you going to do? You can't force somebody to follow through with a passion or follow through with something. And everyone's got their own life path. So I was on the tail end of that album and I had already had so many albums myself. I had Apex, which was my last personal album. That was in 2018. After that, I did a album with Al Delgado called Foreign Exchange, and then the band album. So I had been in this gray space of artistry for a while where I was telling myself I had gotten all these awards. I won all these, you know, Connecticut awards. I had done all this stuff, I was getting, you know, asked and pulled in different directions from, from labels and everything. And I told myself at the end of the Trifecta, the album with the, the full band, that that was going to be the ceiling for me as like an underground artist. And I felt, and this is me just, I'm trying to compress everything and to not to make this too long. But when you're an underground artist or when you're a local artist for so long and you feel like you've reached the peak of what you want to do at that level and you see this ceiling and you crash through that ceiling, a lot of times it's not always a record contract for X amount of millions of dollars and instant success. It's not always going to be you go on a world tour and you're big now or you're insta-famous or whatever. And I felt that after this album, after the Apex album, after Foreign Exchange, after the Trifecta era, I think that's my ceiling of this level and to get to the next level. I don't want to do anything that's not next level after those projects. So when I broke through that ceiling, and this is all in my, what I feel in my head and mentally at the time, this is 2020 now, I found myself after breaking through that ceiling, releasing the albums, putting my energy and my lifeblood into those projects, I found myself in what I thought was the fog. After you you break through this metaphorical ceiling of your artistry and you're just like, okay, everything past that is gonna be fire. It's gonna be labels. I'm, I'm gonna sign this deal, I'm shooting more videos. And I was just in this gray space, like this is the, the matrix level. You ever, you remember the, when Neo meets Sam Fisher's character, uh, whatever, not Sam Fisher, Lawrence Fishburne's character. See, I'm a video game at, at heart. Lawrence Fishburne's character, and they're in this blank area where anything can happen, where they're making the guns and the chairs there and the TV. Yeah, That was the area of space I felt I was in. Like, I wanted to write, but I didn't know where to go next. I wanted to make the next project, but I was in this fog. Like, who do I pitch it to? What do I do with an album, even if I make it? Do I reach out to a band? Do I look for other production? And it was this foggy space that I had. I was in a really bad relationship. I was dealing with, you know, family issues, a lot of death in my family just fogginess. And that is what I eventually decided to call the album was the fog. And it was really a culmination of all of the things that were going through in my mind after i had put so much into apex i had put so much into foreign exchange i put so much into trifecta and i wanted to make that breakthrough and just get to the next level but the next level was fog and what was past that i don't know yet but we're in the fog era right now
2: the first song i picked today tell us about heavy hearts this one god just from the opening there were video game passages partway through that got me. Tell me a little bit about this.
1: The okay, so heavy hearts was one of the second songs that I made after Voices came out. Voices actually got me signed. That's what got my deal. Heavy hearts is pulled from. Uh, it's my. It's uh, from the moment I finished the beat. I, it's one of those beats that just, it gets your juices flowing and I immediately couldn't stop thinking about just telling a story on that track. Heavy Hearts, the reason why I called it Heavy Hearts, not only because that's what the track file was named in Reason, I use a program called Reason and I just, a lot of times I'll just take the energy that I'm feeling and I'll name the beat whatever I think at the time is how I feel. And the beat gave me a really heavy feel And i called it heavy hearts and i actually kept that as the name of the song which is not i don't seldom do that oh sorry i seldomly do that and it went from being a story about heartbreak to just being a story of like life and i felt like that was only right to start off the album that way
2: i felt heartbreak, but i also felt dedication because when you put my heart in this i'm sorry if there's none left for you it's almost like admitting like yeah, I'm dedicated to this and maybe that's where my heart is more.
1: Yeah, that's that's really that's really it. So in relationships a lot of times especially if you're dating someone who is a radio personality like yourself or an artist or a rapper or a singer, it's really I can imagine it being difficult because there's a certain amount of intimacy that if you really care about your stuff if you really care about your, your artistry and you really care about what listeners are hearing and feeling, you have to be intimate sometimes. You have, to be, you have to expose yourself. And that song was kind of pulled from a place where I've been in relationships before where it's not appreciated and you have to give yourself to sometimes the world before you give all of yourself to one person and that's where a lot of my music at least at least that's what that song is about and what that hook is kind of about because I am a sympathetic person but I'm unapologetically me and at the end of the day I can't really apologize for being passionate about what I do and giving my all to the dream because before I don't know what your relationship status is like but I know that half the girls I've dated before were not with me when me and DeMar were shooting in the gym. They were not with me, guy or girl, you know, like whether they were homies that I met along the way or girls that I dated along the way, you weren't part of this picture until I drew you in it. You were not part of this, this, you know, love before I told you about my passions. So I'm sorry if there's none left for you, you know, at the end of the day, but Either you can get on the wave with me and ride it, or you can just paddle back to, to land because I loved all this stuff before you were here and I can't just stop because you're just like, oh, I kind of like you. Yeah. Stop rapping, you know? Now I really in, want dreams to come true.
2: Another reason I picked this is young guy with an older mind since the mm-hmm. days of Golden Eye. Yep. Just that verse and how you end. I believe it ends right around a perfect dark reference. You crammed so many (laughs) references in here. Like the line about never use cheat codes. The thing about the big head. I remember the big head. I remember. And it's not only bad in that game. But like you said, it's you it's can tactically it's
1: it's tactically counterproductive if you're not trying to get shot. And that's not only a video game reference, but that's a real life reference because people who are big headed, they put themselves out there just trying to be the loudest person in the room. And it's just opening you up for attack. It's opening you up for for problems. It's more problems than it is good, you know.
2: And I love that duality. I just love everything about this song guys, here it is.
3: This beat in my form Steadily dreaming a torn Finding your purpose is way more resourceful Than making others feel important This sort of lifestyle is hectic I'm sorry that you've been neglected I dealt with your baggage You dealt with my habits I think that we both should respect it Skinny nigga with a heavy plate If it ain't money I don't even wanna compensate Fuck a good then I meditate Take a soul watch a levitate That's a bust down bust down care back then But I couldn't give a fuck now Shorty wasn't with it back then But they all done a ride Cause a nigga looking good and I'm up now <laughs> Fact check fact check Ooh, check the breakdown Uh, I grew up with some people that never evolved And they had to get taken down We grinded dirt into diamonds They swore that this shit was impractical We're the young D, we were tactical Papa's lessons weren't valuable Yeah, we're the mammy coming in hot and I of the landing Still got my Pokemon cards on my Game Boy Color I'm still rockin' Black Panther jammies Uh, Stuck to my rules I'm faithful to all of my truths I took a shot in the dark When everyone else was too scared to shoot I put my heart in this i'm sorry if there's not left for you these dreams are all i have i'm sorry i can't conform for you settle for normal that's okay please don't let me get in the way if you love me then you will lift me up now bring me down Yeah the floor on the toilet. Yeah. Steadily dreaming a touring. Yeah. Finding your passion is way more impactful than living a life full of boredom. That's sort how of the lifestyle is dormant Facts. of anything holding importance. If it ain't you that is painting your portrait, then baby you're risking extortion. A lot of people want a part of you. They don't care about the heart of you. Young guy with an older mind. Since the old times of night. me and the game got some history. The golden gun was the industry. Cause all you need is that one shot. But when and where to use it is the mystery. Uh, never use cheat codes. A big head just a big target i'd rather shoot all of my free throws even in perfect darkness rare cameo appearance conquered all my regretfulness only some caught the reference 64 more on the checklist used to want all this designer shit Then I started up my own brand The value is never in question What you doing the shit with your own hands Is there a price on your dedication? What have you done for your preservation? Better wake up and go get it Cause dreams do not offer up reservations I put my heart in this I'm sorry if there's not left for you These dreams are all I have
2: God. Now I really love that last song, but the next one I got for you, "Dale Paka." Ooh. This once the beat started, it gave me that old deaf Jamaica vibe. Yeah, and just once it starts, you get moving. Tell us about Delgado Jack and tell us about this song.
1: So Delgado Jack is earlier. I think we we touched on it a little bit. Delgado Jack is one of my best friends. He used to go by Action Jackson, and we came up with, we have that album, Foreign Exchange, which we are in the developing stages of Foreign Exchange 2, by the way. He was also part of Trifecta, which was me, Joanna Perricone, and Action Jack at the time. So Delgado Jack has been in my music life for years now. And I confronted Al, who I call him Al, I confronted him about like dabbling in reggaeton which is a a music genre that I like, but I don't speak fluent Spanish and I don't know how to attack those songs that well. And that's one of the few genres that I actually don't know how to you know, attack or didn't at the time. And he was like, yo, I got you. And I made the beat, he liked it. I put a little, I leaned more into hip hop in that beat and he just opened that song up perfectly, man. He just, he actually came up with the hook He, you know, the intro was spicy. That it was just off to the races after that, and he was like, "I know that you can do this, this hook justice if you put your layer on it, Cam. If you put a verse on it." I originally was gonna give that song to him, and he was like, "Nah, just kill it." That was the first, I think, time where I dabbled in reggaeton fully. I think with him, I think Foreign Exchange did have one on there, but not on my personal album. That was my The Fog had the first reggaeton bop on there. And big ups to Delgado Jack. That's my brother right there. He's an amazing artist in his own respect. I hope that you can maybe put him on a podcast one day. And yeah, Dale Paca is is awesome. It was spicy. Girls are dancing to that all over the world now. And I'm, I'm really happy that that came out the way it did.
2: Yeah, guys, check out this song. It is so fun. We'll play it for you now.
0: Dime lo que quieres No me dejas con las ganas Dale, propongo a comerte de todo Dale pa' acá, dale pa' acá, dale pa' acá Ooh, ooh. Always heavy in the streets. Cause you know they coming if you show weakness. Uh, yeah, I'm bugging in the sheets. Cause I like it when she comfortable and freaky. Do not play with me cause I'm flakency. I'm 10 levels deep, I inflate the fee. So don't fuck with me. I'm up in your crib like Sosa told me. Uh, so get about your feelings. feelings. Go on to the best life you can live. i am sip till I'm feeling right. Get it? Get, it? get it? Yeah, I'm feeling number
3: Dale pa cá, dale pa cá, dale pa cá. Ven pa mi casa, dale pa cá, dale pa cá, dale pa, pa cá. Ven pa mi cama Ooh, vibe on the beat, her body coming alive on the beat. Never lie on the beat. She just wanna stop for the week. Get wild in the sheets. Y'all tell her come and ride on the free Ooh, watch how I do. Is it the shoes? Look how she moving. Ooh, baby, what you doing? Club go off on a Monday. Straight off the runway yeah. She a freak on the weekend she at church on a Sunday Wow. wow. Switch, switch, switch up the, the tempo She lovin' the demo, loving the demo. Yeah. I'm the manhole huh? Oh, you ain't get the memo Hit you with the new shit Go ahead and wear it at the shoe fist. Shorty rigging for the peso She busts it open like Domi on this yeah, show Young and educated, I'm steadily checking And shorty be getting wild I give her that medication, I'm a real one Tell your old man, you're real bum You don't know about the nightmare till you feel one So get about your feelings feeling. Gonna live the best life you can live I'ma sip till I'm feeling right, get it? Get it? Yeah, I'm finna pull up to the crib
0: like Dali Baca, Dali Baca, Dali Baca. i
2: All right, so the last song we got here, Hold On Too Long. Mm. I really picked this because when Did you, you talk, see the video, I have not yet. Oh, okay, okay. I'm going we'll like to have to check that out after this. But, like, there's just times in life. Like, I actually, somebody mm. was talking on a podcast about having a podcast with somebody else. The chemistry was falling apart. Yes. And I just commented. I'm like, guys, it's almost like the feeling died but nobody wants to be the bad person to be like, you got to end this. And that leaves you in this spot where you're kind of like prisoner in this thing and hold on too long. Just kind of hit me with that vibe where it's like, sometimes you got to know when it's just done, done. And it's hard in life because you can even know that you have to avoid that bias in your own head and it's hard to do. So tell us, tell us about held on, hold on too long.
1: So Hold On was a product of, I don't want to say that it's a product of one relationship, but it's it's a song for anyone, I guess you could say, who has held on to something or someone, some palpable feeling in their heart for too long past expiration date. And I think it the song kind of explains itself in a way, but the the idea there is that when I'm trying not to draw directly from the lyrics, rather than draw from like the the backstory. But and when someone loves you, and you feel like you love them, or you love something, or the idea of something, and it becomes more chory or uh, not real anymore, but you still like you said, when you hold on to it too long, it just it it mutates into something else and it's never usually good after that you know so that song is kind of a more upbeat tempo song about about that and i'm so you chose such such diverse records i'm so happy that you did that you have i mean heavy honestly, hearts. i was not expecting you to choose that diverse of an array because it's like you've you've got three really different songs about three completely different You know, avenues of my life, which is so great, man. But
2: and that's why I wanted to highlight it because I didn't like when I'm a music nerd. So when I pick up an album, yes, I like the bangers. Yes, Mm -hmm. I like deep cuts. But what I wanted to tell people like these three songs are why you should buy this album. Wow. I I don't even know if I would have, I don't look at songs as like I'm picking the best songs off the album, I'm picking the ones that I like. And the ones that I think would hook people, and these, I had a list of like seven or eight songs that I had to trim it down to. Yeah, over the course of a couple days, I'm listening, and I'm like, I really like this song, but I don't want to feature it. Not that I, not that it's not good, but it's just I think there's something different on this. And Heavy Hearts, you got the video game reference, and you got like almost a story of dedication. Dale Paka. It's a very like party type song. It'll get it started anywhere, and then just hold on too long. It's a life lesson that I think more people need to learn. And this song almost got the message across to me. So guys, check out. There is a video.
1: There is a video that you can you can YouTube it. It's called Hold It. It's on my YouTube page. Actually, you could find pretty much all of the youtube songs there but the video for this is the first ever music video from the fog and it is my premiere video so if you like the song you'll probably love the video kevin zito who was a awesome light tech did all the lights for it my video guy did an awesome job as well capturing it named Klimko, he's amazing and um yeah if you love this song and you love this podcast check out the video you'll like that too
2: Nice, guys. Here is Hold On Too Long.
3: Uh, I took my time on the intro. Yeah, Yeah, I thought I'd switch up the tempo. I know, I know, I know. Now I wasn't looking for lovers. Took a chance on each other. Now we've been spending all this time. I've been blind to all the signs. Now that well is running dry. We grown, we ain't helpless. If I keep you, I'd be selfish. We can't keep this up. We're living a lie. I'll let you know I should have let you go I never meant to do you wrong All this time we couldn't see How we drifted out of reach I thought we'd find it but that loving is gone I hold on for way too long Time aside for you and me Schooling me on love But I was exercising truancy Way too good at goodbyes This ain't new to me Heartbreak hotel Here's my room key Real talk I speak it fluently Letters from my old self Sent from who I used to be Maybe I should monetize the heartbreak Cause anything you are good at doing You should never do for free Hate me now, thank me later We know the story I'll let you narrate it Love made is never love lost Money well spent if you don't cut costs I'm sorry for the time I can't return to you There's no way I could have known what to So let it die if it was unresolved I'd rather live and learn if love this involved It's time I let you know I should have let you go I never meant to do you wrong All this time we couldn't see How? We drifted out of reach, I thought we'd find it But that love, it is gone And I hold on for way too long I thought we'd find it But the loving is gone I hold on for way too long And I hold on for way too long
2: We have featured three great songs today. I feel like we could talk for another hour, but I don't want to yeah, hold you I up any that. longer. I We're definitely going to have you back on, but sure. let the people know where they can find you and anything they need to know.
1: So most of my social media tags are pretty much the same. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at CamouflageCPR. That's K-A-M-O-F-L-A-G-E. CPR. Again, that's K-A-M-O-F-L-A-G-E-C-P-R. And that's on pretty much everything from Facebook to Instagram. I do have a YouTube channel under Kamal Lone, which is my full name. I'm not afraid to give that out. Where you could find Hold On Too Long, you could find all sorts of video videos up there of previous albums and songs. My discography, my entire discography can be found on my website, which is Bandcamp. Oh, sorry camouflage.bandcamp.com. You can listen from all the way back to my first ever album to The Fog, and they're all there readily available for you. I have my merch site, which is Rock Paper Scissors on Facebook, my gaming channel on on Twitch. All those are under Camouflage. You can definitely find me. If your grandma can find me, you can find
2: cam. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you, Joe, man. Thank you. This is a huge blessing. This is the first podcast I think I've ever done. And it's with an awesome guy and awesome team. You guys, if you're watching this, don't check me out. Just check this guy out too, man. If you like WWE, if you like WWF, if you like AW, anything in between, check this guy out. He's an awesome dude. If you're an artist, reach out to this man. He's doing a real service for the community for the podcast world and for all of us man this is a huge this is a huge deal for me i know it doesn't seem like it but this is an honor man i'm really honored that you even took the time to listen to the project that you took the time to listen to meech that you are communicative and i hope your podcast blows up man because if i blow up this is going to be the first one i share with people like yo this is one of the cats that first let me on so
2: excellent thank you very I much man, you, man. i, I-